Hi, I'm John Marr, and today I'm here with Mike Ward, president at Insight Performance, a human resources and employee benefits consulting firm based in Massachusetts, with offices in Dedham and Danvers. And today we're talking about current health insurance marketplace and employer strategies. Welcome, Mike. Good morning. So, Mike, what is the current health insurance environment like for employers? Well, we're, we're seeing a time of rising trends, uh, whereas the, the past few years we saw our single, uh, low single-digit increases. We're seeing trends right now in, in the 8 to 9, 9.5% range. Um, these are driven mostly by increases, significant increases in prescription drug costs because of blockbuster drugs and drugs that are on, on patent protection, uh, as well as increased utilization. When, when the economy does better, people tend to get services versus when the economy's not doing so well because of, because of their out-of-pocket expense. Uh, we're also seeing the health insurers themselves are struggling. The, the first half of this year, uh, net operating uh, income from operations is actually down uh, for every carrier in Massachusetts through the first half of 16. And then lastly, we're seeing uh, employer groups struggling with the challenges of the Affordable Care Act, whether it's managing their eligibility or, or complying with the reporting requirements or, or just meeting the affordability challenges that it presents. Okay. So what are employers doing to manage costs while still trying to offer competitive benefits? Well, the first thing they're doing is looking at their what they're offering for benefits and, the plan, and have plan design strategies. So what we're seeing a lot is employer groups that are introducing high deductible plans or increased co-insurance for employees. In a way, it's cost shifting some of those expenses to employees, but it's reducing the premium cost for the company. Uh, we're seeing a lot of companies now offering uh, multiple plan designs to their employees to choose from various plans. One reason for that is to meet the affordability requirements of the Affordable Care Act because an, employer, an employee's portion of the premium cannot exceed 9.5% of their gross income. So by offering a low option plan, that provides those employees with, with access to a plan that will satisfy that requirement for the company. And the last reason is you know, workforces are so diverse today and we have uh, the baby boomers, we have Gen X, we have millennials, and each has different things they're looking for on a health plan. So by offering multiple uh, health plans, you're kind of meeting the requirements or, or the desires of each one of those populations. Along with that, companies versus contributing a percentage of the premium are going to a flat dollar amount. And then they're saying to the employees, you choose the plan that's right for you. And if it's a more expensive plan, the employees will pay more. If it's one of those less expensive plans, the employee pays less. And that's, a, that's definitely a trend. Right. So that caps the uh, amount that the company has to pay. And then they're able to project maybe a little bit better about what their expenses are going to be. It helps deal, deal with the, uh, the rising costs for the employer group. And they do need to peg what, it, what their expense will be, you know, g given their budgets. Right. Um, the other thing we're seeing a lot is a real expansion in uh, wellness and disease management initiatives by, by employers and tying uh, incentives to the wellness plans. So employer groups saying their employees, if you participate in our wellness program, you will get decreased premium deductions or, uh, or there might be other benefits like you know, credit cards or, or different prizes. And the reason being is they're trying to drive more healthy populations, which should over time impact their claims and, and hopefully reduce the premiums. Okay. Can you explain a little bit about uh, different funding strategies? So alongside of these uh, plans that have higher deductibles and, and increased co-insurance, there are tools that employers offer to their employees to help deal with that cost. 
first and probably the most common and used for quite a long time is uh, flexible spending plans uh, that, are, that are done through Section 125. And basically, there's a medical account where an employee can put aside money's pre-tax uh, to help pay for those co-payments or deductibles uh, or things that aren't covered by the health insurance. Um, it's tax advantage because it's done pre-tax, so the employee's saving money. The employer is also saving uh, on the FICA tax for that. Uh, that's been used for a long time. Another uh, vehicle that employers use is the uh, HRA, or Health Reimbursement Arrangement, which is through Section 105 of IRS code. Mm-hmm. And with these, uh, it's all employer-funded, um, and it is a pay-as-you-go or an unfunded promise to pay from the employer to the employee. So uh, an example is they set up a plan with a $2,000 deductible, and they say to their employees, well, we'll fund half of that for you. If you incur these expenses that are subject to the deductible, we will reimburse you for half of that. And it's done on a tax advantage basis for both the employer and the employee. And that's a very uh, that was introduced in 2002, and it's become very popular and a very popular way of supporting um, their health insurance plans. Okay. Another way that isn't as much funding, but benefits that are being offered that are becoming very popular are, and they're usually voluntary or employee paid, are critical illness or or accident insurance. So basically with a high deductible plan, employees sign up for a critical illness or accident benefit where they're actually reimbursed if they incur certain expenses through a limited uh, value uh, medical plan. It kind of bolts on to their existing plan. So Mike, there's a lot of buzz in the news about HSAs. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, HSA is a health savings account. These have been popular in other parts of the country, but they're starting to become more popular in the New England area. And basically, these are health savings accounts that are offered alongside certain high deductible health plans. Uh, There are some limitations in plan design. Um, There are some restrictions as far as how those plans are structured, but they do have some great advantages. First and foremost, it does lower the premiums for the health plan significantly. By introducing a high deductible plan, right off the bat, that reduces costs for both the employer and the employee. Um, But then there's there's certain tax advantages that you cannot uh, replicate with any of these other funding vehicles. So any money that the employee puts aside or the employer puts into the plan for the employee is done so on a pre-tax basis. And then the monies grow on a, on a tax-free basis, and then when they're taken out of the account to be spent on medical expenses, they're also taken out tax-free. So there's really a, a triple advantage to having a health savings account from, from, a, uh, from a tax standpoint. The other thing about these accounts is they can be rolled over from year to year. So a lot of employees or people from a financial planning standpoint will fund these accounts, not spend the money out of them, just pay for their costs that are subject to the deductible and grow their accounts over time because of these, t- these tax advantages. And then in the future, save them, maybe use them for Medicare or some other type of medical expense that they're gonna have down the line. The one thing that employers need to keep in mind with this though, unlike the health reimbursement arrangement, which is a promise to pay, an unfunded account, these are funded accounts and the employees own the monies that the employer puts in from day one. It's, it's 100% vested right off the bat. Okay. So all of these are strategies that can be offered alongside both fully insured and self-insured health plans. Can you explain how self-funding works? Sure. And we're seeing self-funded plans become more and more popular um, because of the Affordable Care Act, also because of the rising costs of of the health plans to employer groups. Um, Historically, we saw a lot of companies with 200 or more uh, employees opt to be self-insured. And the reason being is 
uh, it's manageable. Uh, law of large numbers, they, they realize that they can spread their risk al- al- along a lot of different employees. We're now seeing that companies with as little as 50 employees are looking to self-fund it as a potential option for the way to fund their health insurance plan. So the way it works is versus being fully insured where you pay a set premium every month to the insurance company who then takes on all the risk for your employees for all their claims and everything that happens. In a self-funded model, the employer actually pays their own claims. They hire an administrator, and most likely it is an insurance company that they're already dealing with, and they purchase uh, stop-loss insurance to protect the downside from any catastrophic claims. So the employer does take on risk or more risk with a self-insured arrangement with their insurance company. However, there are certain advantages. Um, First and foremost, a lot of the fixed costs are reduced. So right away, the risk charge that the health insurer will charge a company is taken out of the equation. That typically saves about two to 3% versus premium. Uh, They also are able to get out of certain state and Affordable Care Act taxes, which also result in another 3%. So right off the bat, there's about 5% in fixed cost savings by being self-insured. There's also flexibility with plan design, and if they're multi-state, they can use various networks. Um, There's the potential for improved cash flow. Um, and then, of course, transparency. So they have a better understanding of how their employees are using the plan and what kind of claims they're incurring. Uh, so it helps manage the program. All right. Well, thanks again for speaking with me today, Mike. Thank you very much. And for more information, you can visit insightperformance.com or call 781-326-8201.